Hey, what's good, everybody? This is Harry Arnett, and this is Municipal's 15-Minute Mentor. Today, we're going to talk to Dominique Wilkins. Now, listen, if you grew up in Atlanta in the 80s, like I did, Neek was one of your sports heroes. He had one of the coolest nicknames, the human highlight film. That's number one. But he was also one of the most exciting players in the game and one of the most well-respected by his teammates and the competition. He was elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006, and today he's taken his passion and influence into a variety of philanthropic activities, such as Culture City, which is an organization dedicated to helping people who suffer from sensory disabilities. It was such an honor to talk to one of my all-time heroes. So here's Neek and me talking about the importance of self-belief. All right, Neek, I'm going to go way back here because um, the first time I saw you play basketball in in real life was in I there's no chance you're going to remember this game but it was 1981 Cotton Stakes Classic against UAB and let me tell you what happened do you remember you know that what game? I do remember that game you do because Oliver Robinson who played with UAB at that time yeah and they were a good team and my dad they were a good team yeah my they dad were. comes and grabs me out of my bedroom he's like come on and this this became a theme for me and my dad is um, even when we'd go see the Hawks, it was never we're going to go see Hawks. It was we're going to go see Dominique. So right. he, he grabbed me out of my room. He's like, come on, we're going to go see Dominique. And I, I kind of knew who you were just from the newspaper. But we get mm-hmm. there, and we're watching the game. And I'll never forget this, 40 years ago. My dad elbows me, and he said, um, this was probably halfway through the game, and he goes, watch that guy because it's special when the best player is also the hardest worker. That's what he said to me, Nate. And man, that, all, that I, I always love, I love you. I love your dad, man. He's a good guy. <laughs> it always stuck. It always stuck with me. And I used to get so angry. And I wonder if this made you angry. I used to get so angry when I'd I'd watch nas- mostly national broadcasts, and they would say, "Oh, Dominique is so athletic, and he's a great dunker." Because I always felt like that was making you so one dimensional versus what I knew was all the hard work mm-hmm. that went into becoming well, a good I, player I, I, you were. Well, I tell you something, and, and you, you hit on a great point. You know, when you're a great athlete, people only see your athleticism. They don't see your complete game. And I tell people this all the time. I say it's very difficult to get over 26,000 points on dunks. <laughs> Wait, just, I think I can do that, Matt. Not human, That's 13,000 dunks. Possible. That's 13,000 know, dunks. Right. You know, I said I was creative score. You know, I played inside, outside, off the post, mid-range, off the dribble. I said we had a multitude of things we did, but because we were so athletic, only thing they equate us with is dunking. It's really a shame. Did, did that drive any of your decision to not do the dunk contest after a while, or was that a, something totally different? Well, no, not really. I think, you know, for me, it just was continuing to prove people wrong. And, you know, when I, I give you a prime example. When I tore my Achilles tendon at 32, people said my career was over. I'd never be the same. I wouldn't come back. They said I was washed up. I all had all these different things. But I worked my butt off uh, for nine months, every day, twice a day. And I said, not only am I going to come back, I'm going to be better than ever. And I came back and had my best all-around season, averaging right at 30 points a game and seven to eight rebounds and shooting over 47% from the floor. And so I learned how to play on the ground more as well as in the air. And what I mean by that, I became more fundamentally sound. How much of that is, is tied to just a fundamental 100% conviction and belief in yourself and your abilities? 
I've never had doubt in myself and my ability. And so I always use the negativity and the criticism as fuel to prove them wrong and for me to work that much harder. I mean, because, you know, in, my, in our era, guys didn't let you walk down the lane and just stop, <laughs> you, you know. So you had to have other aspects to your game. I mean, I was a mid-range nightmare for a lot of guys. Guys couldn't guard me in the mid-range area. You know, I developed the three points. I've always could shoot the three, but I didn't develop the three to, what, three or four years, uh, you know, down the road. I didn't care. Three, The three was just another tool. You know, my whole thing was attacking you, getting you in foul trouble, because if I get you in foul trouble, I uh, create an advantage for myself. But now you can't guard me as hard. Well, so it's, funny you it a, it's funny you mentioned that, mm -hmm. because when you came out, of Georgia and even early in your career, you were not a, you were not what I would call a great foul shooter. You became an excellent, uh, excellent at the line. Yeah. You know what happened? I went to my first year in the league after my first year, I went to Holmesdale, Pennsylvania. I went to, I think it was Holmesdale, Pennsylvania or Allentown. I can't remember. And it was a guy named Hank Slider who was the greatest shooting coach in the country at that time. And myself and Treon went and stayed with him for two weeks. And just worked on shooting, bank shots, jump shots, free throws. He could make 100 free throws with one hand. I've seen him do it. It's, it's incredible. So I came back. Who was, I was shooting in the high 60s from the, uh, from the free throw line. That very next season, I shot 80, 82%, and I shot it for the rest of my career. Yeah, and everybody thought, oh, that just, that just happened naturally. When, of course, that's the part that I think a lot of people don't appreciate because they see the finished product on TV on the highlight films, but all the work that goes in when no one's watching. Hey, you know what? I tell you, I used to take a tape of a great player and took one thing that he did well, and I used to practice it over and over and over again till it became my move. Like I give you a prime example, Earl the Pearl Monroe, the greatest spin move ever in basketball. I watched that spin move time and time again, and I, I, I looked at it until it became my spin move. You know, and I did the same thing with Bob Love, who was one of the greatest jump shooters of all time. And watch where, how he get his shot, how he released. And I worked on that and became even a much better jump shooter. You know, how the, the great runners run the lane, because I've always been a runner. And so I kind of incorporate all those things together to build an arsenal of moves where one guy was not going to guard me. Didn't care who he was. <laughs> I remember once, one offseason, you came back. Now I'm getting into fan zone. So, you know, slap me across the head if I'm getting too fanboy here. But I remember one season you came back and you had the unblockable shot, which was the a bank shot all of a sudden showed up in your arsenal. Yeah, off the wrong, off the wrong foot. Off the wrong foot. <laughs> Where'd that come yeah. from? You know what? We had a guy I played with named, and you remember him, Fast Eddie Johnson. Yeah, I remember Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie Johnson would come at you full speed and go off the wrong leg. And basically what that does is freezes you because you never see that. You know, and so I started working in practice going off the wrong leg, shooting bank shots, you know, or, 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 or even jump shots where I go off the wrong and, and, and again, again, the defense is frozen. So they never could guard it. But people usually say, oh, man, that's a bad shot. And they, no, it wasn't. It was a great shot because I worked on that shot. It was a part of my game. So <laughs> when I heard that it was a bad shot, I said, OK, keep thinking that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep piling up the points as long as you think that. I'm curious as your as your playing career ended and you know I, the other thing that you, you said you don't get 20, 26,000 points on dunks you also don't play 15 years in the league um, if if it's just athletic ability how right, exactly. when, when you get done with your playing career you still have half your life ahead of you 
Yeah. You know, you got to find things to give you the same type of satisfaction for the longer length of time because it, it, athletics is the shortest career on the planet. So you have to find something else to give you the same type of satisfaction if it's just you're not working as hard. So I've always been a guy who was always doing something, always moving and, and finding the next thrill in my life to bring me peace. And uh, I continue to do that to this day. Well, I saw you on Billions, one of my favorite shows. And I you love look, Billions. You, love looked like a, you looked like a natural, but how, how nervous were you going into, to, well, I guess you were playing yourself. So You, you know something? I was, I'm, I was more nervous playing the game of basketball than I was doing that. Really? You know, I really was. I mean, because, you know, I'm a people's person anyway. So for me, it was no big deal, you know. Can you still dunk? Uh, can I still dunk? Yes, on Fridays. <laughs> I need a week to warm up. <laughs> and then how sore are you? How sore are you the next hey, day if you man. throw one down? Man, let me tell you something. I had aches and pains I didn't know the body could get, you know. Uh, but, you know, I get a big thrill watching my youngest son. I mean, he's, he's just turned 14. He's 6'5", and he's out there dunking. I'm looking at the kid I'm like, wow, I remember those days. But he's going to be special. He's going to be special player. You obviously have a lot to teach him, of course, about playing the game. But what about the mental game and the hard work we just talked? How, how do you have that kind of conversation with somebody that has so much talent? Well, you know, I think I tell a talented and guys that I'm connecting, guys that I know, is that don't be satisfied with your athleticism, with your talent, but count because talent can still be honed and tuned and to making you a much better player, much better person. So don't get satisfied. I see so many talented players get satisfied with their ability. You know what? I never stopped working. I played off season. And so I, I just, when the season was over, I just kept playing. And so always working on something new. And the thing that made us better as players was we actually got out and competed in the summer against one another. I mean, Moses Malone used to bring a, a professional team from Houston to Atlanta and play, and I put together a, a team and we would play, and, and vice versa. We would travel back and forth across the country. Magic Johnson used to do it. I mean, all of us, Bird and, and Isaiah and Kareem, all of us played summer basketball against one another. It was great. No offseason. We just we always play, man. Always looking to make our game better. Because the only way you can get better as a player is play against better players. Has that has that translated into your post playing career <clears throat> where you still have that mentality of really wanting to to raise yes. your game against yes. the best? Yes, yes. And I found that in several different fields. You know, one is the healthcare field where I'm I'm so passionate about helping people make lifestyle changes you know, with diabetes and hypertension. Also, I'm a very big supporter of uh, uh, charities like Culture City, which I chair that char charity dealing with autism and people with special needs. So I bring the same passion and love to that. And then the competitiveness. Have you found ways to have you found ways to fuel that fire uh, after well, playing well, games I, forever? I, Is that turned well, out? I, I did. I, well, I did for a while, you know, playing against my son. You know, I, I said, son, you'll never beat me till you beat me. I used to beat him up all the time playing, but uh, those days are gone. I can't do that anymore with him. How old was, how old so, was he when he first started to beat you? Uh, about 13, <laughs> about 12 or 13, 12 or 13. I mean, you know, because nobody know what the kids do. They dribble the air of the ball, so they try to get you tired. And I used to tell my son, look, man, I'm not going to sit out here and chase you around this damn court. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. I said, are you going to shoot it or not? So I came up with an injury, and I, you know, I've stuck with that ever since. 
I don't play him no more. The old fit, the old fake injury. And yeah, yeah. It, have you enjoyed that part of it of being a, a counselor to him and other young players? I know. Yeah, that, man. You know, you know, you know, you know. I kind of, from a father standpoint, not athlete, athletic standpoint, I live through him. You know, because he and I, we we are so close, we are so tight, and I'm loving watching him grow as a young man. As well as an athlete. What kind of what kind of questions does he ask you? Are they are they the same types of questions you asked when he was your age, or is he far more? Man, he's, he's yeah. He, well, he has more. There's more access in, out here than we had when we was growing up. Man, he's a smart kid. I'm really proud of him because he really asked really good, you know, logical questions about the game of basketball. So he wants to, and he's an old school, new school type of kid. So. He's watched everything I've ever done in basketball. He used to say, Dad, uh, I didn't know you played like that way. I didn't know you played that hard. And now he he's starting to understand why. And that's why I'm always on him. I always instill, it, instill into him, don't just be a person out there. Go out there and make a difference. Make sure your presence is felt when you every time you walk on that floor. Is- and so he, he he's a he's a He's me 100%. He really is. <laughs> is that self-belief that you're talking about? Is that teachable? Do you think that's teachable? It, it is teachable, but you got to get them early. <clears throat> I think you have to get the kids early, especially, and I tell my son, if this is something you truly want to do, this is how it's done. Because I've been to where you're trying to get to. But if you do it this way, I promise you, son, you'll give yourself more opportunity than you ever believe. And so you have to teach them that early and, and set a standard. And set goals, you know. My son said to me, after watching my documentary, he said, Dad, you know something? And he's 12 at the time. He said, I'm going to be better than you. And I said, son, I said, son, that's my hopes and dreams. That's what I pray. I said, but I got to be honest with you. I said, we were some son of a gun. And I said more than that. But <laughs> I said, I said, but if you anywhere close, you gonna make more money than I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. If you want me to talk to him, because I've I've probably seen a thousand of your games. If you want me to tell talk to him and tell him what it was like, feel free to pass well, his know, number along. You know what? It really intrigues him a lot of times when other people speak of my career, my game, and he said, "Dad, you really was that good, huh?" I said, "Yeah, I played a little bit, sir. You know, I played <laughs> a little bit." What What do you think? What What do you think your game? how your game would have translated to the way that the game is now, how open and fast and well, 90, 90 well, feet it is. Well, this is the funny thing. You know, when people say, you know, the game's faster, this and that. But if you watch the games back then, we ran on makes and miss. We didn't walk the ball up the floor. Right. The game was very fast, but they, the guys, they defended too. So they didn't make it easy for you. So to tell you the truth, I don't know. If you couldn't touch me, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> It, it would be more than average now. I mean, back then, <laughs> I, that's I, what, play, I play. I play. I when guys could put their hands on you. you yeah, know. hands. You're lucky if it was just their hands on you. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it mildly. Yeah, I know. Back. I mean, you, but uh, you know, but everybody has that. We had our era. This is their era, and this is their time. And so, you know, things change. The game is still the same, but you, the parts of the game change. But the game is still the same. Yeah, now it's more three point. It's more hybrid players playing multiple positions back in those days if you was a small forward you was a small forward you didn't want no part of power forward you know i'm six eight and a half six nine i didn't want no part of power forward back in them <laughs> days them guys had a license to kick your butt they certainly had a role back then didn't they when they were playing Ooh, the number, that's the why they call that's why they call that's why they call them power forwards. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah you know. um 
Do you enjoy watching the game now? I enjoy basketball on every level. I do. I enjoy watching the game. I enjoy watching young people grow and play this game of basketball. And and it's a, it's a sport that I can, you know, or put it this way, it's a dream that I can talk about my son. I had, as you know, I grew up as a young player. So to see them grow into their own and do the things they do, look, it's their time to shine, and they're doing that. That was Dominique Wilkins. I can't wait to see his son play in the NBA. It's going to happen. Mark my words on it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And to hear more episodes of the 15-Minute Mentor and to check out more about Neek and Municipal, go to municipal.com. Sign up to be on our mailing list. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for more episodes of the 15-Minute Mentor. And will you do me a favor? Share this with a friend, would you? Follow us on Municipal and all the social channels. And you can follow me at Harry Arnett on Twitter and Instagram. Appreciate your listening. Let's go be unstoppable.